This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into our last show for 2019 and our last show for the decade. We'll be headed into the 20s uh, beginning next week. And, uh, well, we're going to be starting our fourth season of Bayou Wild Television. I hope you watch that show. It's available on YouTube if you can't get it on any of the other Networks we carry the program on. It's on Cox Sports Television. Uh, in fact, we got a, a, a run this morning, a special 9 a.m. edition. This week we take a look back at some of the highlights of 2019 on Bayou Wild. Uh, tomorrow it will be on at 8 a.m. And then our regular Sunday time on Cox Sports Television is 7 p.m. Uh, you can pick up Cox Sports TV on several networks and systems in uh, 17 states. Uh, also on WBRZ, Channel 2 in Baton Rouge, it'll be on in about 34 minutes if you want to catch it there while you listen to the radio program. And then on Saturday mornings at 4 a.m., you already missed it, WUPL Channel 54 New Orleans carries it. We're also on ETEL, Vision Systems, Southeastern Channel, as well as that YouTube. I'm uh, going to be showing you some of the highlights, some of my favorite features from 2019, which included Alaska, our South Dakota pheasant hunt, uh, a cooking feature, Death by Gumbo with Chef John Fultz. And if that does not make you hungry, uh, better check your pulse. Anyway, Bayou Wild TV, check it out. Martha Spencer, co-host, Chris LeCock, our editor and producer, and uh, great job with the camera. All right, uh, we are in the middle of, exactly in the middle of our selection of the baddest of the bad boys for 2019. We're asking you to cast your vote. We've got the Captain Snapper Napper. Guy had 143 red snapper in the freezer of his ship. Uh, 90 of them were undersized. He's number one. Number two is the uh, Dennis Ripon. He killed a black bear with his bow and arrow. He took the head and the hide, stuck it in his freezer. Unfortunately, it had a chip in it and it led agents directly to his home. He's number two. Uh, we got a guy who likes to kill and eat ibises, Larry Dozat, and he involved he was teaching his grandson to do the same thing. And uh, he got caught for contributing to the delinquency as well as illegally killing a protected bird. He's number three, the ibis eater. Number four, uh, two Louisiana men uh, for turkeys, gators, bobcats, and drugs. All of that in one. David Poston of Woodworth and Daryl Cole of 29 of Boyce. They are number four. Your number five choice, the whooping crane killer, Gilvin Oquan, uh, shot one while he was out cutting grass. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess he was trying to run it out of a crawfish pond. Of course, those are all equipped with telemetry devices. They made a case. He pled guilty recently in Judge Carol B. Whitehurst's court in Lafayette. And uh, unfortunately, she gave him probation, 120 hours of community service, and said, go take one of those free hunter education courses. His lawyer jumped up and said, that's too stiff. We're going to appeal that sentence. That's number five, the whooping crane killer. And then number six, uh, 16 deer. And what do you get? A fine of about $18,246 and possible jail time for Clifton Sharp. He is number six. Go on uh, our text line, 870-870, and cast your vote. They're coming in fast and furious. 
Uh, we got one from the old Colonel in Terry, Mississippi. He likes the turkeys, gators, bobcats, and drugs. Oh my! Uh, here's the report: says I was driving through Mississippi last week, Highway 61 north of Vicksburg. So many mallards flying, the sky was black. It must have been at night. There can't be enough mallards to darken a lit sky. <laughs> Just kidding. But he says uh, so. The ducks are close, but not down here. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, with all due respect, you might have seen a lot of birds. But you see that, little small areas with large concentrations. But overall, the number of mallards coming down to Mississippi and Louisiana and even Arkansas is just a fraction of what it once was. And we're going to talk more about the duck crisis in Louisiana in that 8 o'clock hour. Uh, here's one that says, um, number four, they endangered protected wildlife and humans too with drugs, alcohol, and guns. Bad combination, no matter how you look at it. That's a good perspective. Uh, here's one that says uh, number five, which is the whooping crane and the awful judge, too. Uh, we got a check-in from Satsuma, Alabama. We have a Satsuma, Louisiana. Where is Satsuma, Alabama? Let me know. And uh, here's one that says, I vote for the black bear bow hunter. What a dummy. He should have known not only was it against the law, but had a chip, too. Thanks. That's Richard in Mount Hermon. Uh, he says, Happy New Year. Hope it will be a great year for the Louisiana sportsmen. Don't we all? And here's one that says, if the state wants retribution, I think you mean restitution, if you illegally kill a deer, then the state is claiming ownership of said deer. So when that deer runs in front of my car and I hit it, the state should be liable for what its property did to my car. Good luck with that one. Uh, I guess we all, as the state and the government, which is us, the people, need to get a liability insurance for our deer population. (laughs) Uh, Interesting thought, though. All right, we come back after this. We call him the Forensic Fisherman. Mike Gallo, Captain Mike, join us and update us on Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, the Shellmet Wall, the Intercoastal, the Mr. Go, and parts uh, off the coast of Mississippi. He fishes everywhere. He's got a boat and travels. We'll be right back with his report on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And our fishing report from Captain Mike Gallo is a presentation of CETO. You know those guys and girls. They offer fuel drops whenever and wherever you need it. Tow you in 24-7, jump start you if you've got an electrical problem. What you're getting for $179 for a whole year is peace of mind because you know that rescue is just one call away. Become a member. To do it, call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or sign up online, CETO.com. Well, Captain Mike, how are you getting ready to close out 2019 this this weekend? How am I getting ready? I'm about to wander down a dark path and climb up in a tree stand. Oh, it's your deer hunting weekend. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. I did make a few trips Sunday and Tuesday of last week. Went down to the Mr. Go, and the pattern seems to be fairly consistent I used my depth finder to find ledges, um, and then I'm fishing a drop shot with two plastics. Uh, I used a matrix glow down on the bottom, and I used uh, a zoom tiny fluke up on the top hook, which was only about 18 inches from the bottom hook. How did you come up with that combination? That's a strange um, combination. Well, I tell you, um, many years ago, I noticed that uh, we often fish around rain minnows in Lake Pontchartrain, but we rarely see rain minnows in their stomachs when we're cleaning them. But I just got to figure they're eating those rain minnows. So that 
tiny fluke really resembles a rain minnow pretty good. And um, I've been experimenting with it, I guess, about five years. And it's amazing. Sometimes I catch them on all the bottom rig, and other times I catch the majority of them on the on the tiny fluke. So it gives me the opportunity to put two different size lures in the water, and I can obviously go with two different colors, light and dark. Gives me twice as many lures in the water, help me catch fish. So uh, that's been my fall pattern, like I said, over the last five years or so, and it's been productive enough where I feel like I can share that information and let others get in on it because it certainly works very well. That's great. Uh, what else have you been hearing or finding out firsthand out there? Well, I can tell you that the water temperatures has risen up quite a bit this week with the warming trend. And um, I would expect the fish to be scattered, not really ganged up in any one area. I found them along ledges, and that's very common no matter what time of year it is. But I did move with the trolling motor. And uh, once we found them, we really didn't move very far maybe up and down the ledge 100 yards. And it felt like we would catch them for five or 10 minutes, and then they might be gone for 10 or 15 minutes. And then we'd catch them again. So I just got the feeling that the fish were in little schools, and as they would pass by, I would communicate with my clientele or who I was fishing with. Hey, I caught them over here and try to get everybody to cast in that area and maximize the opportunity when they're around. All right, let's take a break from fishing for a minute. Let's talk about Captain Mike Gallo, the deer hunter. What are you looking for this morning? Are they putting you on a trophy stand, or are you out there looking for a sausage deer? What's your What's your mindset this morning headed to the stand? Well, I prefer to be the designated doe hunter, but if some nice horns walk out and it looks like it's a three-and-a-half-year-old deer or older, I'll certainly uh, squeeze the trigger and see if we can't make them die of lead poison. <laughs> now, what kind of woods are you hunting? Are you hunting piney woods, or is it bottomland or a mix? It's a mixture of piney and bottomland. Uh, they got me this morning. I'm going to be on the edge of a creek, a small creek that runs, and I believe it's more piney south of me and more wooded behind me. So I'll be right along a, a ledge. Maybe it's like fishing. <laughs> well, good luck to you. Are you going to have your phone with you on the stand? We might call you back later and get an update. I will have my phone with me. Um, whether or not I recognize that it's vibrating. Because I <laughs> often get out of the stand and realize I've missed four or five messages or, or what have you. So if I have the opportunity, I'll certainly answer the call. Well, good luck to you, and Happy New Year, Mike, and, and thank you for bringing your reports to us each week all year long, and look forward to doing it again in 2020. Well, I look forward to it, too, and I'm going to do my best Ed Ogeron imitation Gold Tigers. <laughs> and not bad, not bad. Thank you, Mike. Good luck on that deer. Get your, get your one. Talk to you next year. All righty. Yeah, that's right. It'll be next year when we talk. It'll be next decade, actually. All right, coming back after this, it's time for our Paddler's Report. Brendan Bayard, he'll do it for you coming back right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Slash Peddler, for those of you with kayaks with the pedals, uh, it's brought to you by the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club and a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find them in mid-city of New Orleans, Covington, and Baton Rouge, and they've got the best kayak fishing models. Brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. You'll find it all on their website at MasseyOutfitters.com. 
Facebook.com, or you can also check them out on Facebook. Brendan Bayard is one of the field reporters and a member of the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Good morning, Brendan. Did you get everything you needed under the Christmas tree or leave everything you needed under the Christmas tree if it went that way? Oh, yes, sir. We had some happy kids at the house. Uh, they had a lot of gadgets, gizmos, clothes, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, we uh, we had a great, great Christmas. Uh, my parents came in for a, a day. I went over to my grandparents' house in Dillplatt, had a little get-together with the extended family over there. And then uh, we uh, just wrapped up, you know, cleaning up the house and all that. And so I snuck off yesterday with one of my uh my oldest son and we went fishing caught a bunch of fish and now we're going to uh get ready to uh have a lsu uh, football party today so ah, where'd you pick the fish up yesterday were they fresh or saltwater fish yeah we went down to leeville and uh just you know kind of uh pedaled around all the different uh little bays over there um we had a little bit of rain early yesterday a uh, little bit of wind but the water was clean, the water was warm, the air was warm, so they they bought uh they bit all day long for us. Uh we we fished uh you know, mostly with top water baits. Uh the she dog was kind of the the go to bait yesterday with the kind of the the wind was probably, you know, twelve to fifteen. Uh, you know, not white capping but almost and um uh, you know, whenever the the uh the bay water is a little bit rough like that. I always use that that loud uh, bait, and uh, the trout were scattered, but we caught them all day long. There wasn't a time that went by that was you know over 30 minutes that we didn't catch a fish. It was just slow and steady all day long. Uh, I think the fish are really spread out right now with the warm water, and uh, you just kind of drift across an area. You find one or two, and then uh, you know you'll you'll maybe uh, leave that area and come back to it as like a little hot spot and it'll kind of reload if you will kind of uh, taking a, a bass term for a spot the spot reloads and then you kind of cycle back to it you know i love fishing with that she dog uh what do you figure is the hookup ratio on a strike on a top dog or a she dog uh, how many out of, do you hook out of how many strikes would you say uh i guess it depends on the day you know uh yesterday was probably uh two-fifths uh i wouldn't say it was quite half it was uh you know because the the wave action was so crazy they would uh mm-hmm. they would come out and you'd see them like porpoise out and you know um they were they were missing a lot yesterday and then so uh i i probably you know that's that's mostly due to i think the wave action uh, that was that was on the water and the the fish's aggressive nature yesterday. But uh, you know sometimes they would just come up and suck it under, and those obviously were great hookup ratios. But the ones that were just kind of throwing their bodies at the top water bait, kind of you know you'd ca- catch them in the side of the uh, cheek or something. Or but uh, you know not too bad. Yeah. I've had Brother, better you... better hookup ratio days. <laughs> Yeah, well, those days where they're really aggressive, you know, when you got two and three competing for it, you don't miss too many when they're like that. They, they definitely get it. Um, Brendan, are you exclusively fishing out of kayaks now, or do you do any bay boat fishing? Uh, I do some bay boat fishing. Um, I got a few buddies down there, and we'll we'll get out and, uh, you know, t- check out the areas that are inaccessible. You know, for me, like the further paddles, you know, I, I can I have a range of about five miles or so that I'll go. 
uh, and you know, every blue moon I might, you know, do like a camping trip where I, I'll take like a one way destination of, you know, seven miles, eight miles, you know, maybe set up a camp on a barrier Island, fish, wake up, come back. You got to pick your weather days really carefully for those. And then, you know, the guys that go with you have to have a lot of experience to do that. But, uh, those are pretty adventurous and fun. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, I probably get in the bay boat maybe, you know, five times a year, you know, the rest of it is in kayaks. Yeah. So. You know, I, I kind of compare dedicated kayakers to bow hunters. You know, some guys move from the rifle to the bow and never go back. I mean, they just fall in love with bow hunting. And I think it's the same way with kayak fishermen. There's just something about getting up close and personal and keeping it simple and, and, and getting into some areas where you can never get in a bay boat that just makes it so appealing. Yeah, it kind of drives me crazy fishing in a bay boat sometimes because you're in this bay boat and it's, it's really you're really high off the water. And I, I think the fish move further away from your boat than they do in a kayak. I mean, because yesterday I was catching fish, you know, five, ten feet away from my boat. In a bay boat, I'm usually catching them like at the end of my cast. I think they just notice the presence of the bay boat a whole lot more than they do the kayak where, you know, yesterday I was seeing them follow my, my bait right up to my kayak, you know, and then turn away when whenever I was, like, literally picking it off the water. Um, I don't think that happens as much in the bay boat. Certainly with reds, they don't really care as much. But uh, the trout were, I mean, just right next to the boat. Uh, you know, certainly I was casting, you know, uh, pretty far casting and getting some of the uh, some of my fish way out far, but uh, you know probably half of them were within thirty feet of the boat, twenty feet of the boat. So I think it uh, it helps with the quietness of it, the low profile to the water, and uh, I don't know, I really love it. Obviously, <laughs> stealth fishing is what it should be called. Uh, Brendan, any yeah. uh, events coming up on the Bayou Coast calendar? What's the first event that'll be coming up? In uh, we have the uh, Minimalist Challenge, which I think is almost sold out already, and that's going to be January 24th in Leeville. So uh, that's going to be our first big kickoff that that starts the Bayou Coast series, and that's uh, 135 anglers. Everybody gets their own uh, exactly matching uh, tackle package, and then they they spread out from a shotgun launch. So it's kind of levels of playing field, if you will. Come back to the weigh-in around three and uh, see what you got, kind of thing. Um, I also wanted to say that uh, Prien Lake is doing really well right now for the anglers out west. If you want a close trip to home, catch some trout before the game today. That might be a good option. And then over there at Port Sulphur. Uh, there's a lot of fish showing up back there behind the high school. I think CCA just recently, not too long ago, completed a new uh, project there, a structure project in Lake Prien. So you might want to check that out. Yeah. Brendan, thanks for the report. (laughs) That's enough. Thanks, Brendan, uh, for today's report and for all years in, in 2019 and looking forward to 2020 and hope you have another great fishing year like you did this year. Yes, sir, Don. Happy New Year. Thanks again. All right, and there he goes, Brendan Bayard, one of our two field reporters. Eric Mohabarak will be up next. And, uh, yeah, Brendan uh, had a pretty good year tournament-wise and hopefully have a better one this year. All right, coming back after this, going to update you on our 
baddest of the bad boys competition. If you haven't got your vote in yet, you still got time. Back with the nominees right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, checking on our text board. Uh, good morning, Don. It's the last time this year that your show will make me late getting into my stand. Looking forward to 2020. If things don't get better, we're going to have hot dogs at the wild game cook-off. That's from uh, Louisiana Outlaw John. Well, you know, i got a tip for you. Bring your iPhone. You can listen on your stand. Uh, here's someone looking for Venice Duck Reports, making a trip to the management area next weekend. Uh, asking you shall receive. We've got Ryan Lambert coming up shortly. Uh, here's uh, Richard up in Mount Hermon reminiscence. The best time he ever had, he was young, sitting on the front porch of the plantation, eating French bread and butter, uh, drinking uh, old grandma's old-time strong drip coffee, and shooting ducks as they came over the house. The sky was covered. Shoot once, kill two, three at the same time. Yeah, that's the old days. A uh, place called Pecan Grove Plantation is where his family used to own land in I guess that would be St. Bernard Parish, uh, out by the Mr. Go, owned from the river to the lake, Pecan Grove Plantation. All right, here's someone lives on the bayou in, I don't know if you all pronounce this, Goche or Godier. You know, I guess it depends on which state you're from. Please tell some of your Louisiana specs to swim to Mississippi for the weekend. That's from Tony. I can tell them, but I don't know if they'll listen. All right, we'll be right back to recap the uh Baddest of the bad boys, you're running out of time. If you haven't voted, we'll tell you who they are and what their numbers are for you to vote on right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, it's a special uh, election, and your voting is right now at 870-870. Cast your vote for who you think was the baddest of the bad boys, the most egregious, serious case of 2019. We brought a bunch of them to you. We have six nominees. Captain Snapper Napper, number one, Alberto DeFeo, possessing like 143 red snapper, 90 of them undersized. That's number one. Number two, the black bear killer, Dennis Repon of Bastrop, hid the black bear head and hide in his freezers, and a chip led the agents to it. That's number two. Number three. Uh, Larry Dozat took an ibis and contributed to his grandson's delinquency by asking him to help clean it so they could eat it. The ibis eater is number three. Bobcats, gators, turkeys, and drugs, oh my. David Poston and Daryl Cole, all kind of violations for hunting turkeys, bobcats, and gators. Closed season, no licenses, over limits. And then on top of that, and a little bit of the marijuana and drug paraphernalia. That's number four. Number five, Gilvin P. O'Quinn Jr., who was recently sentenced by Judge Carol Whitehurst. In fact, you get two for one here. We threw the judge in as the baddest boys and, and girls in this case. Whooping Crane killed at a value of $93,700 and got slapped on the wrist with probation, community service, and a hunter education course. That's number five, the Whooping Crane killer and the judge to go along with him. And then number six, finally, the Mr. Greedy Venison Miser, LaSalle Parish guy, Clifton Sharp, admitted to killing 16 deer in one year, used other people's tags to put tags on them, failed to validate them. Now he's looking at $18,246 of civil restitution and criminal fines and a possible 120 days in jail. Those, there they are. That's number six. You've got about 20 minutes before we close it out. Cast your vote on our text board at 870-870. We're back right after this. We'll catch up with Ryan Lambert, get a fishing and hunting report from down at the tip of the boot 
We call it Plaquemines Parish. Right after this, on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we call him the Plastic Man, among other things, Captain Ryan Lambert. Ryan, Happy New Year, my friend. Good to talk with you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Um, everything's good. I'm out to fight for a couple of couple of days. I had a little surgery on the 23rd, but uh, I'll be back and fight by about the second when I <laughs> go back back one more time, and I'll be done with them. But uh, everything's good. I mean, the fish are biting good. You know, the redfish and the water's so crystal clear. You can see every fish down there. You get a little deeper in about six foot of water. You catch some trout, just uh, small baits on the bottom. So everything's working good. Uh, we've been having a, a lot better second split than we had first split. You know, we finally got some birds down, and you just got to hunt them smart. I mean, right now, you know, we had big, big negative tides this week, so there was no water in the marsh. And, when there's no water in the marsh, you can't get to the good spots. And even if you can, the ducks are offshore because they can't feed. They don't want to walk around where a predator could get them. So, they, you know, they come in nocturnal or when the tide starts coming in in the evening. So we've been playing them and doing well. Everybody limited out again yesterday. Well, that's good news. As I told you last week, uh, the, the flyover report said that there were two spots in Louisiana that were holding 80% of the birds that were here and you were in the middle of one of them down there, so you got to feel fortunate for that. Uh, the other one was over by Chafalaya, over that way. Okay. Yeah, well, we still have food left. You know, the, the duck potatoes didn't get hurt, and those pintails are wearing them out. I mean, you can only kill one, but it's sure fun to watch. So there's a lot of pintails, a lot of redheads, a lot of gadwalls. Still got blue and green winged teal. Uh, not too many cans yet. You know, they usually when it gets cold, they'll usually come this way if the the Catahoula doesn't have a lot of food. So I'm expecting them because the numbers I've been hearing off of Catahoula wasn't nothing to write home about. So I figure we'll yeah, get well, some need... cans here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I need to get down there and work on a pintail. I hadn't shot a pintail this year. Well, it's time to make That's a move, probably... son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, got, I guess I got it is. Sarah, Sarah and her daddy's coming on the oh, good. 6th and 7th. So uh, there, and then after that, I, I think I have a spot somewhere. But this week, we're extremely busy. I turned down 20 trips yesterday. I just don't have any place to put anyone. Uh, that's so, a good problem. Yeah, yeah, we're we're busy, but at the end at the end of the season, I got a spot for you. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll be down there. <laughs> All right, um, I got a question in from a listener, and, and this comes up quite often. And, and you've got a lodge down in Mexico. Uh, they say fifty duck daily limit in most parts of Mexico. It's the same ducks that are eight in Canada, six in the United States. How many Louisianas have to gone to Mexico to kill many many ducks? Explain it's why 20. that limit is so gen- – well, it's not 50 to begin with there, but it's no. 20. But And the problem the, – the problem, the, the reason, the rationale is there's so little pressure that it doesn't add up to anywhere near the amount of ducks that are killed in the United States. Well, you can't even have a gun there. You know, it's uh, so very, very few people even have a weapon or even care to hunt. I mean, they just in, – in the village where we hunt, it's so poor – nobody's gotten anything. I mean, they live in shacks that that you wouldn't keep your horse in them. I mean, that's it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, it, it, to see it, you know, everybody that's 12 years old, I don't have to go there every year. It's just, you know, when they're 12 for about six months so they can appreciate what we have here. I mean, when the girls start complaining about washing clothes, I said, does it hurt your finger to press that button? Because them little girls out there in 35-degree weather with a washboard and then hanging them on the line. I mean, it's a different culture altogether. They have nothing. So no one hunts. I mean, 
they got more people hunt opening day in Venice than hunting that whole country. I yeah. mean, it's, it's that crazy. So, you know, the birds are there and the, the liberal limits and, you know, you're not even putting a dent in them and nothing goes to waste. I mean, those people lined up when we get back with wagons and, and buckets and whatever they can bring because they, they don't get any protein either. It's all seafood where they live. So to get protein and real meat is a, a treat. So, you know, it's all good. Um, and I shoot males, you know, I, I you know, I, it's a it's a liberal limit, but I try to shoot just males when I'm when anywhere. You know, unless I'm just trying to scratch out a limit, like in the first split, I'm gonna shoot anything. But mm-hmm. if I have birds, I'm just shooting males. So, you know, you got to play it smart, even though you have the opportunity to take a liberal limit like that. You still got to be smart about it. And you know, the doves is pretty much the same situation. I mean, there's no shortage of doves, and they've been taking a lot of doves there, and even further down Argentina, you know, for years and years. It's just all well, a question close- of. Uh, when we closed up, when the times got bad down there, when the cartels were having that war, I guess, you know, about 10 years ago, there was mm-hmm. 4 million birds, the white wings. Now there's 14.5 million white wings where we hunt. So even at that, I shoot 100, put my gun down, I'm done. I don't have to kill a 1,000 birds to show anybody that I could shoot them, you know. Yeah. It's, it's sport. And, leave and, it it's not, and it's not greed and it's not waste because that feeds the, the community down there. That's where those yeah, birds well, are. I, I definitely see some people that come in greed. I saw one guy shoot 96 boxes of shells last year on one hunt. I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. just a newbie. You know, like somebody with new money, they, how they got to spend it with the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wish I had some old money. Anyway, uh, Ryan, uh, happy new year to you. Glad you're recovering from your little surgery. Look forward to getting down there with you again. And thanks for keeping us up to date on what's going on all year long down there. Look forward to it in 2020. Yeah, I love being part of the family, buddy. Y'all have a happy new year. And all our listeners, just have a great one. Okay. Thank you. Happy new year again. See you. All right, buddy. There he goes, Captain Ryan Lambert. We call him Man of Steel, Plastic Man. He's one of the best golfers at the Grand Ridge Golf Club. And something, oh, yeah, he's the sheik of the harem he's got going on down there. What a, what a guy. He is Plaquemines Parish, Bureau's probably most interesting man. All right, we come back after this. I'm gonna, we're going to do it. We're going to get your votes in because we're tallying them up right now and announce the baddest of the bad boys for the year 2019 and also tell you what's coming up for the next two hours if you're live streaming with us for the More Outdoors show. Back right after this. And, uh, well, we got them tallying up the, the final results. I still got just a couple of minutes if you want to cast your vote for the baddest of the bad boys for the year of 2019 because we'll be starting off a whole new year of bad boys. We never run low, been doing this for many, many years, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more interesting cases to tell you about uh, the coming year. All right, getting back to the text message and some of the votes. Here's one says, bad boy number five, killing the whooping crane in the clueless blank judge. Uh, a lot of people are more angry at the judge than the perpetrator. Uh, let's see. Then we have uh, number five uh, by far. That's Randy Chambers. He's one of our Florida listeners. And let's see. Uh, Dan from Mobile, longtime listener. He has to go with the crane killer and the judge. Everyone have a great new year. And I uh, got this one in from my co-host, Martha. She says, good morning, Don. I'm sitting in the deer stand listening to a soft rain before sunrise. It's supposed to get heavier. Hope that doesn't keep the deer better. Have a good weekend, everyone. Martha, that's Martha Spencer, sitting in a deer stand in Texas. All right, um, 
Well, we're getting ready to do this, but before I, I get the final totals handed to me here, let me just kind of go over what we're going to be doing between 7 and 9. We're going to kick it off at 7 o'clock. Grady Galliano, who is the manager at Hunty Island, you can check him out at huntyisland.com. He's going to join us to talk about a, a new facet of hunting they've put in down there, upland bird hunting, quail, chucker, and pheasants, in addition to the exotic game and the white-tailed deer and alligator and the fishing and uh, everything else they do down there. They're instituting upland bird hunting, and that is really good because there's really not a lot of opportunity for that. Uh, if you own and train dogs, uh, it's it's kind of a short season. There's limited places to do it. So places like that, uh, Crane Creek up in Poplarville and some of the other ones, uh, provide a very worthy needed service by getting good flying birds and you bring your dogs or they can use their dogs and get in some uh, gentlemanly sport and ladylike sport called uh, upland bird hunting. He's going to tell us all about that. We're going to go out to some of the duck blinds. Uh, you know, we're kind of into the second split now and find out how some of the hunters are doing. We'll get those reports for you. Then at 8 o'clock, uh, Josh Goins is going to join me. We're going to do the first edition of the Flyway Federation's Foulmouth Radio. We're going to talk about uh, some of the problems and want to hear from you uh, and, and tell us your problems, your reports, what you're seeing out there, what you believe to be the causes for what I'm calling a, a, a duck crisis. Had the, one of the worst seasons ever last year, and it's not just a year here or there. It's been a downward trend for about the last couple of decades, and it doesn't look like the future's getting any brighter unless we do something about it. And I, I do believe there's things we can do to turn that around. Some things we can't, some things we can do a little about, but some we can we can do an awful lot to maybe help and, and save what is a really precious heritage here in Louisiana, our, our waterfowl hunting. All right, well, I guess it's time to, to do this and tell you who the, the winner is. They're handing me the final results here. And it looks like far and away, number five, the whooping crane killer and his judge, uh, Gilvin Oquan and also Judge Carol Whitehurst. Uh, they took it, number one. Number two goes to uh, the Bobcats, Turkeys, Gators, and Drugs. Uh, we had a tie for number three, the Captain Snapper Napper and the Mr. Greedy Venison Miser. Both of those with way over the limits were tied. And uh, in fourth place, the Black Bear Killer. And uh, trailing in the, the results, the Ibis Eater finished uh, last in our nominees for the baddest of the bad. And we're going to have a whole new crop of bad boys for you next year, and uh, we do that each and every week. And by the way, we have another whooping crane case that we're keeping an eye on. Kenan Constantine shot and killed two whooping cranes in Acadia Parish uh, back in May of 2016. He's finally coming to trial. He's being charged under the Lacey Act, which is a federal offense involving interstate uh, violations of tra or transportation of game and fish violations. It was originally set earlier this month, and for some strange reason it was uh, postponed January 21st. It's not going to be in Judge Carroll's court, no, sir. This one is going to be in Judge Patrick J. Hannah's Court, we'll see how this turns out. Again, if you want to see the, the proceedings of that last hearing, go to my website, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, and check it out. It's all there. The complete. It's worth the read. It won't take you that long. It's about, I think, 20 pages. But not only is it a display of sometimes how we get cases of injustice in our courts, but also how the legal system works. And you know, you'll hear what the attorney said. One of the attorneys uh, said that that was too strict of a sentence and uh, the 30 or $40 appeal was too high and that he didn't know if his, his client could afford it and that type of thing. Stuff that just kind of 
makes you ill to to hear about. All right, well, uh, good. Uh, thank you for tuning in each and every week, and uh, hope you'll join us again each and every week next year. We thank our affiliate stations that carry the program and distribute it for you. We also thank our sponsors. Without them, there would be no show. Please tell them thank you for presenting this show. It's one of the few free shows you can get. You don't pay for any satellite, cable, network. It's absolutely free on the airwaves, and it's all made possible by our wonderful sponsors. Have a great weekend. Hope you'll have a great New Year's and have a great 2020 in the outdoors, hunting and fishing. You know I'll be here with you, and we'll be back again next week. Hope you'll join us. Go to Radio.com, HD2 Radio for more outdoors. It's coming up next. Happy New Year. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.